Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... Your use of language has altered since our arrival. It is currently laced with, shall I say, more colorful metaphors. Double dumbass on you and so forth. You mean the profanity? Yes. That's simply the way they talk here. Nobody pays any attention to you unless you swear every other word. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you let Matt fucking Lauer ask the questions in the first place, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, September 9th, 2016, Hillary is Breaking the Curve edition of the show, where we talk about how the smart girl in the class is making it harder for everyone. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Gary's Guides to World Cities. Are you thinking of running for the highest political office in the land and need to brush up on your current events and maybe a little geography? Gary's Guides can help you answer those all-important questions. This month, Gary's Guide features the ancient Syrian city of Aleppo. Inhabited since the latter part of the 3rd millennium BCE, Aleppo is the capital of the Syrian province Aleppo, and it has long been a center of trade between the Mediterranean and what was once Mesopotamia. It won the Islamic capital of culture in 2006. Must be a great place now. If you would like to know more about beautiful Aleppo, tweet the hashtag Watts Aleppo to Gary's Guides, and our friendly candidates' helpers will be there to help you soon. Grading on a curve. Who came up with that idea? It's one of two people. It's either a teacher that doesn't know how to teach, or it's a dumbass student that couldn't pass unless someone just said, well, we'll just bring you up to the level of all the intelligent, hardworking people in your class. And it explains a lot about the way our country is going. I put up a video recently about um, them changing the standards in Washington State because too many people were going to fail the test. And uh, it's just an example of the way things work in this country now. We have no standards anymore. Um, if you fail, you fail. If you don't win at a football game, you shouldn't be getting a trophy. If you don't pass school, you shouldn't be graduating. Failure is what makes you grow, not just uh, people lowering standards for you. On Wednesday, right here in my quaint little hometown of New York City... Folks gathered at the Intrepid Air and Space Museum where they were charged an absurd amount of money for an admission and never even got to see the space shuttle because the line switched all the way to Hoboken. It's not that big of a ship! How can the lines be that long? Sorry. They also came to see NBC's hottest new fall comedy, The Commander-in-Chief Forum. One's a wily politician married to a buffoonish philandering husband, and the other is a failed New York City businessman with a string of divorces and bankruptcies. And together, they're commander and chief. I want to make shows that people actually want to watch. I'm kidding. No one would want to watch that show. I mean, a woman running for president? Are you crazy? That's never going to happen. What actually happened was Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump sat down separately with animatronic puppet Matt Lauer for a series of hard-hitting questions about things people want to know. You know, about what kind of drapes go best in a north-facing room, or 10 tips to spice up your love life this Valentine's Day. The 
kind of really hard journalism we've come to expect from Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer can suck it! That little spoof of would actually be far superior television to the juicy fart that was squeezed out of NBC's ass cheeks that night, where Lauer lobbed increasingly pedantic and, que- and inane questions at one of the candidates, and softballs weaker than a fat kid with a shoulder injury at the other. And I bet you can't guess who got the softballs. I swear you said Donald Trump. Want to clarify? I mean, this entire farce is nothing new. People, Hillary gets hit with these questions about emails and shit that everyone knows about. She ducks and weaves, and the tangerine dingleberry comes out in bald-faced lies while the moderator sets and beams at him for being clever enough to string a sentence together without an explicit racial slur and then calls him presidential. I mean, President Obama, who admittedly has a bias in this discussion, if you consider not wanting to be the last president of the United States a bias, had to come out and say explicitly what everyone actually already knows, well, everyone but the television talking heads, that things have just gone too far. Obama said, quote, I don't think the guy is qualified to be president of the United States, and every time he speaks, that opinion is confirmed. And I think the most important thing for the public and the press is to just listen to what he says and follow up and ask questions about what appear to be either contradictory or uninformed or outright wacky ideas. There is a process that seems to take place over the course of the election season where somehow behavior that in normal times we would consider completely unacceptable and outrageous becomes normalized and people start thinking that we should be grading on a curve, unquote. The Washington Post actually ran an article about the Trump curve with this incredibly damning yet completely true quote by an NBC analyst and former George W. Bush communications director, Nicole Wallace, when she suggested this week that Trump could show up to the general election debates and be credited with a strong performance simply by avoiding penis jokes and grade school name calling. We're not grading Trump on a curve, we're grading him on a fucking ballistic arc. And for once, this is not the Pluffy Floored Fart Bag's fault. The media? Yeah, the media. Before I get up on my big soapbox here, I want to put out that there are real journalists doing real reporting this election. Sopan Deb, whose name sounds like a small laundrette in, laundrette in middle America, but is actually one of the finest journos covering the Trump campaign, period, is all over Trump's debacle writing critical and insightful and reflective pieces. He's also really fucking witty on Twitter without being a complete dick about it. The Washington Post in general has been carrying the load for a lot of dead tree media in keeping tabs on the latest Trump insanity, and Bob Garfield and Brooke Gladstone from On the Media shine like a torch in the dark calling out the worst media inanities. But they're only two people! Not gods, not giants. Jacob Weisberg at Slate has devoted his every working moment, and I fear not a few off-duty hours, to tracking the slow-moving derailment of the Trump train on his Trumpcast podcast. So the good people working on covering the story, unfortunately, none of them work at what remains the number one source of news in America. It's about you ungluing your fat ass from that boob tube. The media in general, and television in particular, are giving Trump a pass for the stupid shit that flies out of his mouth with astonishing regularity. 
parody. I mean, you expect people who talk all the time to say some really dumb things because, like, last week, I admitted to soliciting prostitutes in Central America and then just brought it up again right now. So people are going to say and do stupid things like that. But Donald Trump routinely kind of sa- routinely says the kind of things any other candidate would be dragged into the street, tarred, feathered, and then nailed to a big wooden cross forever uttering. Why do people, does he get away with it? I can only assume they fear to call this out because they want, don't want to remind their viewers of how dumb they are. But you know, they beat the shit out of Sarah Palin and she's just... You're like Donald Trump with boots. CNN hired Corey Lewandowski, who I swear is actually every fucking character Billy Zobka ever played. Translations for millennials, Billy Zobka was in the movies in the 1980s and best known for playing a string of teenage movie villains, most famously Johnny in Karate Kid, who appears every time Trump's name is mentioned like some sort of blow-dried Lenny and Squiggy. And there is no reason on earth why Prince Charming cannot walk through our front door. Hello. The guy was still being paid by Trump while he was appearing on CNN. Could someone explain to me where the fuck this falls on the precious media objectivity scale? I mean, other than being objectively fucking wrong. And, you know, I expect Roger Ailes' former fuck shack Fox News to be in the bag for Trump. But CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, they swerved between breathless reporting of his latest temper tantrums at whoever hurt his tiny feelings that week. I, I, I know, kid. He's too sensitive. And praising him like a puppy who made it off the good carpet before shitting on the floor when he's not actively spewing overt hate. This idea that there must be a counter story to balance the manifest corruption, incompetence, and hate spewed from the Trump campaign like a broken sewer main shooting into an auditorium full of nuns is ludicrous. But we see it on a daily basis. During the aforementioned commander-in-chief shit show, Matt Lauer grilled Hillary Clinton about her emails for 10 out of the 30 minutes allotted for her time. At this point, what can we conceivably learn about those emails that has not been grasped like a cell phone in the bottom of a toilet bowl? We've heard everything there is to hear, and nothing will change the facts as they are established, so why are we wasting our time? Proof that he's a moron. Yeah, okay, I guess that's what it is. But when Trump gets on stage and lies again about his being against the Iraq war, even though we heard the fucking tape of him saying he was actually in favor of it, Lauer sits there humming and picking his toes. Trump sits on a stage in front of Lauer and America and calls out our military, says he will fire all the generals and appoint his own, and then flat out lies about having a plan to defeat ISIS, and Lauer and the rest of the media is just... Trump openly says that rapes are a problem in the military because we have women in the military, and apparently Matt Lauer is off chasing squirrels around a tree. But he's got 10 minutes to spend grilling the other candidate on a dead issue? I mean, I was told there was a liberal bias in the media. Jesus, what would they do to her if they were conservative bias? Stab her in the eyes with a fork? One candidate praises the strongman dictatorial leader of Russia and says he's a better leader than the sitting president, who Trump terms as a well-meaning but incompetent. 
You know, like that little old lady who tried to repaint the fading medieval Jesus in Italian church and then turned it into a third grade finger monstrosity and then appears on Russian-English propaganda stations the very next day. He's been dry-humping Putin like a horny nerd dry-humps a Princess Leia bikini pillow. We've all seen it, Gavin. Don't even try to pretend it's not happening. Ew, seriously? That is so gross. I know that a lot of people think Hillary is is corrupt and are convinced the media is complicit in hiding in her crimes. And Joe Boo knows that the Clintons do some shit that looks shady as hell, but when it comes down to reality and you look at the facts as we know them to be, you just have to say, You know, help me now. Fuck you, Joe Boo. I do it myself. What we know is that one candidate is a competent, even gifted political mover and shaker who just really sucks at being the glad-handing huckster Americans so need when it comes to our politicians. She possesses a deep grasp of issues, thinks in policy rather than platitudes, and frankly is just really fucking smart. Her politics are actually quite centrist even if she's tacked to the left during the primary campaigns. You could safely assume she'll govern somewhere right in the middle. Grading-wise, Hillary breaks the curve badly. She is so much more qualified to be president than her opponent that the narrative simply cannot revolve around her positions, so it has to be about her person. On the other side, you have a person who is completely and utterly unqualified to serve as Deputy Assistant Sewage Commissioner in South Crotch Smell, Arkansas, population 11, old Sadie died last week. He is an inveterate liar, a con man, and a racist xenophobe. Some people want to diagnose him with some illness. Fuck, you don't need a diagnosis to tell that he's just a horrible human being. Is that how you really feel? Oh, I think it's pretty clear that that's exactly how I feel. The only people that are worse than Donald Trump are the people that are voting for him. How do you as a reporter write this story? Just say that. Need a headline or a teaser? Let me toss a few off for you. Trump lies about everything. Failed businessman not fit for presidency. Need a daily news style header? Dinky fingers fumbles for truth. Need a good lead? We hold these truths to be self-evident. Donald J. Trump is manifestly unfit for the, unfit for the office of president of the United States. Forget the objectivity. Just accurately report the things he says and does, and the story writes itself. How is this so hard? So stop allowing yourself to report on him as if he were a competent contender for the office to which he aspires. You don't need to endorse his opponent in your articles. Trust me, the unvarnished truth about his antics will do that sufficiently. Now, I consume a lot of news, and most of it comes from a few specific sources, all of whom are very critical of Trump. In my bubble, it would be easy for me to think the press is covering Trump in a forthright and honest fashion. But I know at the same time, Trump supporters exist in their bubble and where hand jobs from the right wing media keep their dicks hard for the orange shit stain on America's clean sheets. Uh, honestly, I, I think I was trying too hard there. Maybe we should just cut that part. You'll, you'll take it out, right? Good. I guess I'm becoming somewhat inured to Trump shock myself. Matthew Iglesias summed it up in an article in Vox this week titled Donald Trump has successfully exhausted our ability to be shocked. I mean, this week alone, Trump suggested sacking generals for political reasons, looting country's national resources, and bragged about the guy who invited him to Mexico on his trip being fired because Trump came to Mexico. This week's show should have just written itself, but I'm tired. 
tired of being shocked and angry every week when a new atrocity is unveiled. I'm disheartened that the polls have tightened up and disgusted at so many of my fellow Americans that they are willing to risk in any way this frightful man ever becoming president. I'm even tired of writing jokes about Trump being orange and having a tiny peen. There are only so many words for orange, and I've used them all so many times. I guess what I want is for the ghost of Edward R. Murrow and Walter Cronkite to come forth from the grave and tell America in a thoughtful manner that they should be ashamed of themselves. When Cronkite came back from Vietnam and said the war couldn't be won, Americans of every stripe listened and for the first time started thinking about the war as it was, not how they wanted it to be. We don't have a Cronkite or a Murrow anymore. We have a Blitzer, a Lauer, and a Don fucking Lemon. I mean, I have said good God to you before, but I don't think I've ever meant it until now. Good God! The media has lost the trust of the nation in their constant pursuit of sensationalism and ratings, and then they ignored the first duty of the free press, which is to be the conscience of the nation, and became mouthpieces for a political status quo. Television news, in particular, is barely better than a reality show, so it's no wonder they abetted the rise of a reality show TV star, allowing him hours of free public exposure because he was entertaining and good for ratings. TV news squeezed the tit of American ignorance for every drop it could get, and now the product has turned rancid and they are too afraid to to do what they need to do and throw it out. Instead, they fish for scandal where no scandal swims, and allows one side to wave the flag of false equivalency like a Patriots fan with 50 yards lined seats, when the reality is we're all Cleveland Browns fans quietly sobbing on our couches, while a morally, and actually financially bankrupt, self-promoter closes in on the one hope we have to keep sanity in the White House. The media made a shit ton of money off Trump, and now it has to pay the bill and stand up in one voice and state, Donald Trump is a lying, corrupt despot and must never be elected, and then repeat that daily from now until November when this fucking shit show is finally over. And hey, media people, if you need a little goose to get you started on this, remember, You fuckers are first on the train to the camps when the Drumpfenfuhrer is finally elected. That is it for our show this week. I'm not kidding. I almost didn't do the show tonight. For one thing, I'm actually really hungover from going out last night. Never drink with an editor. Not only are they red pin-wielding overlords, but they apparently have a hollow leg. Where does that woman put all the fucking booze? I do not know. Hey, if you want to feel as crappy as I do, head on over to iTunes and Stitcher and rate and review this show because if you share your misery with others, it makes you less miserable. Follow the show on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast, the show name on Facebook and on SoundCloud, and all of the shows are at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, the very hungover producer Dave Bledsoe, the chafed and raw producer Gavin, and all the other fictional people on this show, we want to say... We know it's time for a change, but mm, when that change comes, will you still feel the same? I mean, how many times have I tried to turn this election round? I don't want to give up, but baby, I've got two feet on the ground. Can you release me? Can you release me? 
We'll see you all next week. Podcasts.